Hello, everybody. This is Joshua Hatton with One Nation Under Whiskey Podcast. I'm joined today, and I'm joined, as always, by my good friend, my business partner, Mr. Raspy Voice himself, Jason Rasputin uh, Johnston Yellen. <laughs> How you doing there? Yes. Yeah, Raspy definitely sums it up. I had an absolute blast at Premier Drams yesterday and uh, spent a lot of time shouting at the top of my lungs at various nation members and One Nation Under Whiskey listeners. It was it was a lot of fun. And uh, yeah. yeah, even by the time I got home last night, the family were kind of like, what happened to you? I presented for three hours and I talked before we started and I talked after we finished. And here I am after sitting in the car for two hours, not talking to anybody. So here we are. Right, I live uh, to tell the tale. So premiere drams for those that may not have heard in previous episodes or simply may not live in and around the Washington, D.C. area. What What is that event? Yeah, so it's an annual whiskey festival put on by Jack Rose Dining Saloon. Uh, run by uh, Bill Thomas, and uh, yeah, we were in we were in their main structure, mm-hmm. which is Jack Rose. It's got the downstairs, which is kind of a whiskey library. It's got the upstairs, which is a tiki bar with a retractable roof. <laughs> um, it was a gorgeous day in DC, and the roof was retracted, and I was a happy camper while shouting at the top of my lungs. And then there's another <laughs> uh, venue just a couple doors down from Jack Rose called Imperial. And there were vendors in there. There's a bottle shop in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. they also have a rooftop. And so we transitioned from Jack Rose, where the pouring was, to then Imperial, where I had a cheeky wee pint uh, to try and calm the vocal cords. <laughs> and, uh, and, and and again, chatted chatted with more Nation members and, and One Nation Under Whiskey listeners. Um, yeah, it was a lot of fun. There you go. Uh, a lot of fun. Yeah, I saw, saw our, our good friend Jared Card there. Oh, yeah. Uh, he was pouring just a, a couple of people down from me. Um, our very good friend Visgar came in from Idaho, came in from Moscow, Whoa. Idaho with his wife, okay. Cherish. And and they were moving between the, the buildings and having a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, got to retaste... I'm laughing because I'm I'm gonna have a follow-up point in just a second, but I got to retaste the Jack Rose Lafroig single cask. I don't know if we've talked about on the podcast. How was it? It's a French oak. Yeah, nine-year-old French oak. Is that the age on it? Yeah, I knew it was single digits. Uh, $250 a bottle. It it is cracking. It's really, Mm -hmm. really good. And I will say this: if you go along to Jack Rose, A pour of it is $22, and it's hard to spend $22 any better in a bar hmm. on a $250 bottle. Yeah, um, I'm actually quite surprised it's a $22 pour. Um, but For the reason I'm laughing, um, I, I was being purposely vague. I, I think it is an ounce. <laughs> okay. um, I, think, I, okay. I don't think it's a two-ounce pour at, at Jack Rhodes. Um, but, but it might be. Um, who knows? I just... Show up at Jack Rose and whiskey appears in front of me. So, <laughs> fwa, fwa, fwa. Um, but the reason I'm laughing is I had our new Westland 
on the table, uh-huh. on the bar top. Oh, yeah. And I ended up talking to numerous people about the Jack Rose Westland <laughs> in Mezcal. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> and everybody loves that dram. It is an incredibly successful pairing of Westland and Mezcal. Mm-hmm. I am then also pleased to say that our peated Westland in Pinot de Charon cask went over fantastically well mm-hmm. also. Mm-hmm. Nine years too. And we mm-hmm. and we sell it via lottery. So, <laughs> so Bill Thomas's, you just go downstairs and you buy yourself a bottle so long as it's still available. Um for us, yeah, there's a little bit of luck involved yep. and you you want to get your name pulled out of the hat or the tombola, however we sh- wish to do it. <laughs> so nine years, Pinot de Chiron. All, I mean, I know we're going to talk about that a little later on in the episode. But, Absolutely. But all of which, you know, as of the recording of this, or I should say as of the dropping of this episode, that Westland was bottled eight days ago. Right? Yeah. Yep. Pretty damn yep. wild. Yeah, I, I I said that to many people who came by and they said, Oh, I I think I own that Westland. And this was on the Sunday and I said, It was bottled on Tuesday and we haven't released it yet. <laughs> and then there were people who said, I I think I've had that Virginia Distillery Company. Same thing. I said, No, yeah, it was bottled on Tuesday. <laughs> and uh, and they were like, All right, uh, <laughs> let me taste it. <laughs> and then they tasted it and, and then we got to talk S D R. Yeah. Uh, right? Nice. As opposed yeah. to, you know, the, the sherry butt of our first Virginia distillery company. Now we've got SDR going on. But again, I, I don't want to lead too much. We have some mm-hmm. we have some early business to get to in today's episode before we circle back yeah. to our, our own cask discussion. Yeah, so every once in a while, you and I take a break from inviting guests to the podcast, interviewees, friends, people within the industry Sometimes to catch up and sometimes to do a little bit of a, a listicle, if you will. And and you, <laughs> you and I, I, I want to say maybe three, four episodes ago, uh, I, I don't know how, it's funny, for the past three and a half years we've been saying, how does time work? We still don't know how time works, but here we are. We got it into our head that we should probably do a listicle of, uh, of our top... American whiskeys. We didn't limit it to bourbon, rye, American single malt. But why did we say let's do this? Do you recall? Well, I, I'm just laughing because every time you say listicle, I think about what exists on the internet as a as a quick click for people. <laughs> and you and I are about to spend two hours <laughs> going over our so-called listicle. <laughs> I think ours is simply a list. The ickle is uh, is non-existent for us. Uh, um, yeah, that's yeah I, I, I honestly listen. Listen, I, I don't remember. I, I do remember you and me saying, you know, we really should put together a list. I don't know. We were quoting something or tasting something or we had a price on something. It was it was very pertinent when we had the conversation. And then you and I both kind of went away and thought, all right, what are our lists? Yeah. What are our fives that, yeah. that need to be on, on people's shelves? We've done it for Scotch and that was a ton of fun. I just recently listened back to that episode. Mm-hmm. Stand by my five. I firmly believe you stand by your five. Oh yeah, and yeah. and and now I, I'm really curious 
it was also fun listening back to the Scotch episode where we spent about 20 minutes mm-hmm. <laughs> articulating the rules and we're adding rules as we were setting the rules. Um, but, but, but it's interesting for me, just as a, as a bit of backstory, growing up in Scotland, bourbon, as, as we like to call it, Bourbon didn't really bourbon. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. You talk to anybody in Scotland about about their bourbon casks and say, "Oh yeah, oh yeah, we really value our bourbon casks." Bourbon. Like Ian McAllister says all the time at Glen Scotia. Uh, Ian Allen has said it at Glen yeah. Murray. Okay. Uh, bourbon. bourbon, and and so that's how we grew up with it. But it, it wasn't wasn't on my radar. Wasn't really a thing. Obviously, Scotch guy through and through, and moved to America, and started kind of tasting. America's spirit and it was it was kind of sweet and it was kind of cloying and sometimes it was kind of plasticky and and so I've had my own journey of finding out what do I like what works for me what fits my palate Mm. and in making my selections for today I've really charted my own course here Mm. through American spirits discovery and I'm I'm really excited to to convey that to the listeners. To my original point here, I'm really curious to see how you curate <laughs> your list because you have had a shit ton more bourbon than me for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I'm I'm curious how you have managed to to bring this down to five areas of focus. It it wasn't easy. It really, it was far <laughs> from easy because you know when you and I originally talked about it we said well top 10. But then we remember that we record one of the longest industry podcasts that there are and if we did a top 10 this would be a a 4-hour episode rather than a than a 2-hour <laughs> episode. So so whittling it down to five was difficult. And and as I was doing this, I was trying to remember, have we done this before? Did we do this three years ago? Did we do it five years ago? I know we did our scotch one. And and it, as I was thinking about that, I said, it it doesn't matter. I think I think lists can change, should change, depending on new things that have come out, depending on uh, your own palate changing. I mean, to, to your point, I, my guess is as you go through your list, you're going to say, you know, just as you said before, American spirits just didn't fit my palate right. But then as you built context through having more and more, you discovered the things mm-hmm. that you that you did like and discovered um, qualities of that spirit that maybe you didn't appreciate as much early days and and therefore you evolved so so if if we've gone through this before and i i can't remember i do remember the scotch whiskey one uh we didn't we didn't do american okay no we've we've definitely done it though where we've talked about a house favorite Ah, and we've talked about transitions with house favorites and You know, we've we've definitely and you know and the, you know, the whiskey we've tasted together uh, on this podcast, you know, we've definitely named bourbons and ryes and American single malts along the way. Today is our focused list. Okay, this is the the dead. The, this is our first dedicated episode. 
to a five and five. Okay, so for for the listener's sake, what? Because we didn't discuss rules of why your five is your five or why my five is my five. Yeah. What What were your rules? What What got you to this five? So I I stuck to our Scotch rules. Mm-hmm. So. I kept it to OB's, official bottlings, distillery bottlings, mm-hmm. um, liquid put out by bricks and mortar distilleries. Mm-hmm. I did have a couple of close calls on <laughs> sourced liquid that, oh, I, I saw Dave Schmier uh, at Premier oh, Drafts. yeah, there you go. And he had a T-shirt on. That was sourcing is not a crime. <laughs> I've seen um, that I've <laughs> <laughs> so so I I didn't pick a couple of sourced bottles that, that I like a lot. Um, I, I didn't pick them because sourcing is a crime. Um, I didn't pick them because I really want to keep this to Obi yeah. and not go down a secondary bottling line or, or even an independent bottling mm-hmm. line. Mm-hmm. Um, I. Well, there is an interesting point here that that I'm going to make as my selections go along. Um, So, yeah, I I think now that I look at my five, (laughs) I think my only rule was bricks and mortar OB. Ah, Yeah, because, yeah, I'm I'm not going to say any more because I'm going to give the game away on what I've got sitting beside me here. So, so yeah, so that guided me. You, Joshua? Uh, Mine, similar to you. Um, the, the, the five bottlings I chose are bottlings by the producer. It's not sourced liquid. I agree with Dave Schmier of Proof and Wood that sourcing is not a crime, but, but I wanted this to be something directly from a producer that had wide availability, right? So, so from the producer themselves, wide availability for a couple of them, it was a, of sheer affordability. The others are, are priced a bit higher, I would argue, based on the way we've seen people purchase over the past five to 10 years. The, the higher price points that I'll mention as we go along are not, it's not unobtainium, you know, we're, we're not dealing with crazy secondary pricing or anything like that. This is standard retail pricing that just happens to be higher than some of the others, but still not unobtainium. And yeah. and then the other... Just very yeah. very quickly on on that point is I, I did have price in mind. I didn't go esoteric. I didn't pick expensive one-offs. Yeah. I maybe haven't gone widely available, but I have had an eye on available. Yeah. And I... I'm I'm happy to say a, a little bit more on that as I go through my selections as well. But yeah, we we both had price and sensible price in mind. Yeah, and you know, with availability, you know, I, I include being able to walk into your store or finding a shop that can ship to you. You know, just fairly available. Um, and that that was basically it. And, and one last thing. They're just bottles that I reach for. They're bottles that I think about. Mm, and, yeah, absolutely. Right, yeah. That's imperative. That's, it, it's just, they're bottles that if they weren't on my shelf, I'd, I'd be sad because I'd, I'd want to break it open. I'd want to share it with friends. 
so, so there you go. So the, those, those were my rules. Yeah, I, th- I think we're both very much in the same wheelhouse. So, yep. so in the interest of some funsies, do you want to kick us off? I will kick us off. So I remember years ago, uh, I'm going to pour it actually. I remember years ago, oh, us t- keep, keep yeah, it out of the video yeah, screen. Yeah. I've got my eyes tightly closed. Uh, well, 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 let me ask you this. Am I, do I mention the type of spirit? Am I just giving you tasting notes? Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to be trying to guess anything. I, I just, okay. as you're describing it, I want to oh, okay. be in the in the dark as much as the listeners. Oh, okay. Oh, oh, okay. Then that's actually going to change a little bit. Okay. Well, let me, let me say this. Years ago, there was a particular... And tell me when I can open my eyes oh, yeah, again. You, you can open them. Okay. <laughs> Years ago, uh, you know, I remember wanting to have a a bottle that I could suggest to anyone that I think would please anyone, specifically malt drinkers that were interested in American whiskey. And so mm-hmm. I was... I was keen to not pick a bourbon because to your point for a malt whiskey drinker, and I'm not talking about peated whiskey. I'm just simply talking single malt whiskey, which is nowhere near as sweet as bourbon. I wanted something that had spice that would balance out the sweetness that the oak imparts. And I also wanted something that was affordable and just drank like a champ. And so do I mention that? It, well, this is what I'll say about what it was. It was 50% alcohol. It was uh-huh. at the time, I think it was maybe 18 to $22 on the shelf, maybe reaching $25 on the shelf. Mm-hmm. This bottling is still available. However, I found another producer that does a similar thing. It's 50% alcohol. You'll find it on the shelf for about 25 bucks. Um, there's mm-hmm. a good bit of spice going on to, to balance out some of mm-hmm. the sweetness. But for this particular one, the reason why I've switched from suggesting that previous one to this one is within the mash bill, there's, I, th- I could be wrong on this, but there, there's, there's more malted barley in the mash bill. This mash bill has about 20% malted barley. So you've got a good backbone, like a good nuttiness going on with this mm. one. So was the previous recommendation Rittenhouse Rye? Bing, 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 bing. That's a bingo. Ooh, that's a bingo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, same, right? I. It's not in my five, but it easily could have been and and certainly one that early doors as a malt drinker as you're describing it was absolutely there for me yeah price point was ridiculous uh ridiculously low yeah so so yeah so there you go that's nice props for rittenhouse rye i now have no idea of what your recommendation <laughs> is in place of rittenhouse rye so i i think the stage is beautifully set What's the replacement? Or do you want do you want to give us some notes? Yeah, why don't why don't I give you some well, I'll give you some notes. All right. So first off. Glug glug. Glug glug glug. On the nose, there's this sort of bright cherry, this sort of bing cherry going on that's supplemented by this really wonderful herbaceous 
quality. Think like, mm. think like fresh, fresh mustard, like fresh. Um, what's that mustard mm-hmm. with the grains? The whole the whole grain mustard. Whole grain mustard. Yeah, th- mm-hmm. think some of that like spice coming through, some of the herbaceousness coming through. There's dill for sure, but we're not talking like the 95.5 dill, like the MGP <laughs> dill. Um, it's it's sweeter than that dill. Um, there's also, I would argue, this is a bit sweeter than, than Rittenhouse rye. But hold on, let me go back okay. to the nose. It's sweeter than the Rittenhouse rye, but that, that malted barley really brings through this sort of like, you call them monkey nuts, I'll just call them salted peanuts, but still in the shell on there. So spice, sweet corn, um, the salted peanuts, and then you've got that wonderful just sort of oak spice uh, and this overarching vanilla that kind of ties it all together. The the mouthfeel is tremendous, by the way. It's 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 silky despite it being fifty percent alcohol. So this is a fifty percent alcohol, a hundred proof rye? Mm-hmm. Question mark. It is a rye. Hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm not gonna guess. What is it? What state is it from? And then and then follow us up. Uh, so this is easy. This is Kentucky straight rye whiskey. <laughs> This is Old Forester's rye. This is just their standard <laughs> hundred proofer. I think I spent uh-huh. twenty three, twenty four bucks on the bottle. I think <laughs> you know you typically you can find it for around twenty five ninety nine. Uh, green okay. label on it. Just an absolute solid drinker that is good in and of itself, as I can attest to, as I'm drinking it just now. But make a nice rye Negroni out of it, make a nice rye old fashioned out of it. And it, it just sings. It sings because it, it, it has so much character that it just, it, it, it'll shine, right? Like if you put it in a Negroni, which I've done before, uh, the vermouth doesn't overtake it. There's enough spice to combat the sweetness of the sweet vermouth. Um, and mm. enough nuttiness to sort of combat the, the, the bitterness of the Campari, right? It really rounds out that, that drink in a, in a nice way if you don't want to deal with the gin. Yeah, I, I have a bottle of this sitting in my house. It's not out here in my office, but it is in my house. I think I bought you a bottle, and yes. <laughs> it, it is a cracker. It is well worth drinking. That's, that's funny, though, I... In all of this, I hadn't picked up that you'd you transition from the Rittenhouse recommendation to the Old Forester recommendation. But well, it, it do you find a significant mouthfeel difference between the two? I find Rittenhouse has a has a bit more heat, uh, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. Like I, I mm-hmm. think it's okay for whiskey to have heat to it, and I would argue that it's heat not spice. Um, so there's, there's nothing wrong with that. This, I think it kind of ties back to what I was saying before when I said, geez, had, have we done this list before? And if we had, it's okay because palates change, right? And, and, and what you reach for changes. And 
I, I don't know if I can tie it to a specific date in history where I said, and from this day forth, I shall drink the old Forester rye. <laughs> I think I just grabbed a bottle, went through it, and then grabbed another, and, you know, and, and, and here we are. So, yeah. Oh, that's a, that's a cracking start. That is really terrific to hear. Right, and it's, it's, um, it's everywhere, and it's going to be about 25 bucks. It's 50% alcohol. Full-on flavor. Um, there's, there's absolutely no bad marks against it. Well, I am currently moving my water container so that I can put my bottle mm. on my desk, but but out of camera shot. I I will also say it is going to be impossible for me to describe this without. A hundred percent giving the game away. So <laughs> I, I, I don't even care. I'm just going to tell this story as I need to tell okay, the story. Okay. So it's been interesting listening to you so far because you're talking about transitions and you're talking about palettes change, preferences change, availability changes, price changes. That 100% sums up my first pick, mm, mm -hmm. which is it has had one life mm -hmm. and one legendary life. <laughs> and and, and I, <laughs> you also mentioned earlier, how does time work? How do numbers work? How do the years work? I had to look this up. This was discontinued in 2018. I know <laughs> where we are. Okay, <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> And, and was then replaced with an offering that was one year older, but considerably more in price. Yep. And, and one of the things that, that I really have been thinking about a lot and, and really comes up in, in my conversations with you, my conversations with Jess, even my conversations with consumers, whiskey fans, is that price increases mm -hmm are okay when whiskey has been so cheap for so long. Mm -hmm. So when I start out, and it was one of my first loves, a Kentucky exclusive that was a six-year-old bottled in bond, so coming in at 50% alcohol, that was 12 and $13 a bottle that became $15 <gasps> a bottle. 15 right? <laughs> <laughs> right? It was ludicrous. And then when we complained about that, they said, oh, really, you think that's ludicrous? You don't get this anymore. And and so the the, the Heaven, and, Heaven Hill six-year-old bottle and bond was discontinued in 2018. And it was replaced a year later mm. with a seven-year-old mm -hmm. bottled and bond from Heaven Hill that was at that point $40 a bottle. <laughs> and... And and I know that I have I've talked about the six-year-old on the podcast, I've talked about the seven-year-old on the podcast, I've talked about that price hike. I have made my peace with that price hike. So it is yeah. it is okay yeah. in this world for a very good whiskey to be $40. I did a little poking around mm -hmm. in Virginia. It is, it is now $50, but is sold on allocation. Huh. I would not have put this bottle in my top five 
if I hadn't just been in California in the last couple of weeks, and it's widely available. Oh, interesting. There's, there are a host of things widely available in California. To your point from earlier, if you look around enough, you will find people in California who will ship it to you mm -hmm. if it's not available in your state, like me, in Virginia. Mm -hmm. I also, in poking around, was reminded that the Heaven Hill seven-year-old bottled in bond made the number four spot in Whiskey Advocates 2019 top 20 list. Oh, I remember that, right? Which was <laughs> the first year it became available, which was... Right? Which was right? interesting. Oh, number four spot. Wow. Number four spot. And so okay. I felt like in making this selection today, I could rule it out because five years ago, four years ago, I was upset by a price hike. I could leave it out because I was upset that the six-year-old went away. I could leave it out because it's simply not available in Virginia because it's on high allocation. And I thought, nah, you know, mm. it's a damn good whiskey. And I recently tasted it with a bunch of bourbon-loving sure. friends sure. of mine. Yeah. And it's cracking. It's a great, great bottle of whiskey. And transitions. Times have changed. Yeah. We need to be okay with things changing. And we can't keep being the guy who says, ah, but it used to be a six-year-old bottled and bond Kentucky exclusive. No, it's a nationwide seven-year-old yeah. for $40. So yeah. there you go. Look, live with it. Yeah. Um, it, while I take a little sip of this, you you were going to you were going to throw in some words. Well, I I think I think twelve to fifteen dollars for a six year old bottled and bond whiskey was far too low a price. It right. was artificially low, right. and and it was kept in one right. state, and you know it. Going from twelve to fifteen to forty is a shock. But making it nationally available at $40 for a seven-year-old, like BIB, 50% alcohol, that's not a bad price for a whiskey. Right. And, and listen, I am one of those guys that, that when there's a price hike, like when, when Blanton's went from 35 to 42 to a 60-ish dollar bottle, retail price, I said, yep. that's ridiculous. It still tastes like a great $35 to $42 bottle. However, people are going so nuts for it, they're paying $100, $150, $200, $250. And from that perspective, I say, all right, well, I guess I had been buying Blanton's for 10 years at this <laughs> price. Maybe it's okay it goes up 15 to 20 bucks. So, so here we are, right? Maybe it's okay that this has gone up the 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 25 bucks that it needed to go up. Yeah. Right, right. And having a glance around the nation, you, you can find it California, New Jersey, New York, Florida for anywhere between 40 and $50 yeah. a bottle. Yeah. So th this is what I meant in our, in our rules setup where it's not widely available, mm. but it is available and you can find it in places that will ship it to your doorstep. Uh, yeah. I'll also say it. It's it's got a great mouthfeel. It's it's got this warming quality. It's a kind of a buttery, 
creaminess, but then there's also a bit of cinnamon. There's a little mm. bit of that heat, that spice, that warmth coming in behind yeah, sure. it. <laughs> Peanuts get mentioned again, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, like you, you can't help yourself there. And then, and then it's a little bit, it's a little bit earthy, right? There's a little bit mm. of that that grain, that soil, like that that cask comes through on this as well. <sighs> if the remit here is things you reach for, you reach for the seven year old. So yeah, I, I'm I'm at peace. With my decision, Joshua. So two things, and one of them is a question. Uh, the other thing that I wanted to mention, <laughs> and so I'll mention the first thing, which isn't a question, and then I'll then I'll ask my question. Um, oh shit! At this point, I just forgot my question. Anyway, the <laughs> the thing that I wanted to mention was the five whiskeys that I've chosen are ones that haven't fallen victim to the mad craze that is your Blanton's, that is your Elmer T. Lee's, where, where you can't get it for retail price anymore. These, these, are, these are ones that you surely can get for retail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I think we're fully on board with, yeah. with where we're going here. And, and again, that's, that's why I hesitated. But if Heaven Hill in my journey was the beginning of, uh, you know, and, and yeah, because I'm a cheap-ass Scotsman, but if, if it's the beginning of, oh, no, I'm I'm drinking Heaven Hill six-year-old and pouring it for friends mm. and pouring it blind for friends and friends saying, oh, man, I don't know what this is. And I'd say, well, what would you pay for it? $25, yeah. $30, yeah. $35 would come back from people. When Heaven Hill then put out a seven for forty, and we went, whoa, 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 no, 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 wait, no, 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 you've you've really broken our relationship here. Yeah. It's it, it doesn't make sense anymore. And I think after four years from 2019 2023, we need to be at peace with this change and available and cracking. And I recommend it. There you go. Number two for you, Joshua. So number two, number two, poor. By the way, I did forget the question that I was gonna ask you, but I wanted to mention my five are in no particular order. This isn't, nope. this isn't, Same. this isn't five, four, three, two, one. This is just five yep. whiskeys. Okay. Yep. Absolutely the same for me. Good. So this one is another ubiquitous pour. Um, <laughs> this one is, is also at a higher ABV. It's not cast strength, but it is a higher ABV. Um, fuck, God, it's so good too. Ah, what what do I? <laughs> how do I hint about this? With it, should I just say it? I feel as if I should just say it. I'm I just think so. Just yeah. say it. I think so. <laughs> um, this is my absolute go-to bourbon, and and it has been for as long as I can remember, and it's Wild Turkey One Hundred and One. There's just no bones about ah. it. It's remarkably made bourbon, 101 proof, so 50.5% alcohol. I wouldn't call it high rye, but rumor has it has about 13% rye, so there's a good bit of spice coming in. Rumor has it mm -hmm. there's about 12% malted barley in there, so you got a bit of nuttiness going around. And then rumor has it once more that it's about 75% corn to round out the mash bill. right? So you've got this good mix of grains to give you sort of a wider um, 
array of flavors on this. And the last time I bought this bottle, I'd have to look at the code and, and there's a way to decipher the codes. I know our, our, our buddy David Jennings knows all about this. But if I remember correctly, it was maybe maybe two years ago or so, he had said to me, it's like, dude, pick up some 101 just now. Look at these codes because it's all eight to 10-year-old liquid. So I'm like, okay. And so that's what I did. I bought two or three bottles of it at like 24 bucks a pop, something like that. So so there you go, 24 bucks, eight to 10-year-old liquid. Uh, 101 proof, just an absolute solid drinker that no one's going crazy over. No one's turned this into the highly allocated yeah. thing that it yeah. could be. And thankfully, this is just like, oh man, it's <laughs> it's a it's a no frills drinker, right? That that's that's the great thing about it. Yeah, absolutely. No frills, yeah. just yeah. solid I, shit. Yeah, yeah. I'm. <laughs> I've got it sitting in my kitchen right now. It's it's either something you you pour at the end of the workday when you're making dinner, or it's something you pop in a cocktail, and it absolutely works uh, in a in a Manhattan in an old fashioned. It's it's a straight up top quality whiskey. And to your point, yeah, you can walk in the door of any liquor store, and and take it home with you. Yeah. Why do you, why do you think it hasn't hit? In, in that way, is is it so ubiquitous? Is it such volume that even a, a giant uptick in demand still can't you know, knock out its knees or, or, yeah, or what? I, I, I wish I knew. I really wish I knew because uh, it, it has all of the trappings <laughs> <laughs> that could make it this highly allocated thing. Um, who it could be down simply to marketing. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. Campari, while yes, is a global company, I don't think they market in the same way that the parent companies, um, you know, like Sazerac do or Beam do or or what have you. It's just it's not a lifestyle whiskey. I think this is just whiskey, right? Which is, which is kind of, once you throw lifestyle into it, now people are like posturing, like, no, this is just straight up fucking whiskey, man. Drink it. <laughs> you know, you don't need a crotch shot for Wild Turkey 101. You're just buying Wild Turkey right, 101. Right. Do you think there's, there's something generational attached to it? Because I know when we started putting out our Wild Turkey single casks, the number of chaps in their 50s, 60s and above who said, oof, Wild Turkey, that takes me back to college and, and a few mistakes. And, and yet talking to 30s and 40-year-olds, there was much more excitement mm. there. We're like, oh yeah, wild turkey, you know. Like it was mm. almost like they could own it without the older generation making it theirs or or having it already be theirs. Wild turkey seemed up for grabs, yeah. and I speak to so many people in their thirties, forties, and, and maybe late twenties 
who were like, oh yeah, I've discovered wild turkey and it's great and I love it. And they're not saying the same stories from college days. Yeah. Um, it's more Jaeger and Firebomb. <laughs> uh, Firebomb, I'm sorry. Fireball. Uh, I maybe said the quiet part out loud there. <laughs> yeah. You know, who knows? Maybe it's destined to be that next one. Listen, you and I never once thought that Springbank would take off mm-hmm. the way Springbank has mm-hmm. because it was the distillery that those who really appreciated single malt were like, oh yeah, but you, have you had Springbank? And I wonder yeah. if there's a certain segment of people that are maybe not shouting about it as much as we are right now are saying, yeah, that's great and all, but let's pour the wild turkey. I think once it catches on, it may fall victim. I'm, I'm hoping that's not the case. To your point about the generational thing, could be, could be, but at the same time, I, th- I think about, you know, the statement that you made is very similar to the people who say, yeah, I don't drink tequila because it gets me in trouble. Meanwhile, tequila has become, you know, one of the most, or agave spirits have become one of the most, um, you know, popular spirits out there, period. And that doesn't even include mezcal. I'm talking about all the different tequilas. So... Yeah. But I do think when it comes to bourbon, though, instead of people saying yay or nay to bourbon, they say yes to, to Eagle Rare. They say nay to Four Roses. They say yay to Wild Turkey. They say nay to something else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I think people are much more brand specific when it comes to that's talking a good point. bourbon. That's, that's a good point. This is when people talk about tequila, they're discussing a category. When we're talking Wild Turkey or or right. four roses that we're talking brands within it. Yeah, that's a good point. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so mm. I'm going to go into my second pick because I've got a question for you mm-hmm. about something you just said a second ago. Mm-hmm. So, um, I am going down the path of my second controversial <laughs> selection today. Um, I, I, I think my, my controversy is over uh, after this second pick. Once again, in putting together my bourbon journey, mm-hmm. I found something that absolutely worked for me, was incredibly special, and came in at absolutely fascinating pricing. Once again, I mean it was far too low. <laughs> and and it was rare for me to have bourbon that when I went into a retail store... Mm. I start. I would look for one thing in particular, yep. right? Yep. And so this this for, for a good number of years has had a a special place in my heart, and then <laughs> it had a period of transition <laughs> where it won an award. It became insanely popular. It went on allocation. The price spiked on it. And once again, I would not have selected this for my top five if I hadn't just been shocked, and I really mean that, shocked, to find this sitting on retail shelves in California. Oh, interesting. 
<laughs> wow. Okay. Um, One second. Yeah. California to the rescue. So, what price was it at, and what price is it at now? <laughs> so, I, I would regularly find it for for thirty, and uh, and there were even retailers who would give me a discount uh, on it being thirty. Okay. Um, for a bottled and bond yep. single barrel. Yep. So this is McKenna with. <laughs> With a barreled on date uh, and a barrel number. <laughs> yeah, look at you with two Heaven Hill products out the gate with the the bottled and bond right? and then the McKenna. Right? It just it just hits. It just works. It, it yeah, I was I was so pleased to find bourbon that worked. I, I enjoyed having an opportunity when when finding myself in bourbon conversations and i'm talking back before bourbon exploded mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know this this was back mm-hmm. when you would be talking to people and they'd be like like you just said like have you had 101 <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like, you should try 101 yeah. and so and so yeah it was it, it could become something of my own mm. um it then became when i was in kentucky and i was picking up my uh, my six-year-old bottled in bond. I would have a look at the the barreled on dates that were floating around uh, in the same store that I was standing in yeah. in, in Kentucky, yeah. and and for me again as a Scotsman, at a time when American brands and American bourbon brands mm-hmm. maybe didn't make all the sense in the world to me, single barrel meant something sure. to yeah. me. Ten-year age statement meant something yeah. to me. Cask number or barrel number in this case meant mm-hmm. something to me. 50% alcohol. That's the old OMC number, old malt cask, yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, for, 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 you know, that meant something to me. And, and so I felt a connection there, even if I couldn't have told you it was Heaven Hill. Mm. It, it was just, it was Henry McKenna brand. And, and does Henry McKenna have a bricks and mortar distillery, right? So, so that connection meant something. To then be in California and to stand next to it on a shelf and lots of it mm. on the shelf. At um, proper pricing? Was to be like, is it 60 bucks, 65 bucks? Which I think is the, is the newer MSRP on that. So there you go. Right? Yeah. I'm, I'm, having, I'm having a little scroll here. Again, we're seeing available, if not necessarily widely available, but... Massachusetts came up as the first result. Is there a is there a Henry McKenna ten year hundred proof that isn't the single barrel? I think they're all single barrel. I I, I could be wrong yeah. here, but I think uh, I think Henry McKenna is sort of Heaven Hill's answer to Blanton's, where it's all single barrel, just bottled at fifty percent rather than forty five percent, which is Blanton's. So I think it's that's the sort of a equivalent, or at least as close as it gets. Yeah, yeah, yeah hmm. I'm, I'm certainly finding it. Massachusetts, California, New York, uh, Rhode Island, my friends. Rhode Island has it for sixty dollars. New Jersey. Um, and if I if I've said California, I'll say California again. Yeah, Illinois has it. So that it's in your state too, my friend. 
It's sitting in Hartford, Connecticut for $65 a bottle. So, can I be a, a little controversial here? Oh, absolutely. What would this be without it? I have yet to have a bottle oh. of Henry McKenna that I've truly loved. I've always liked them and thought it was, yeah, that's that's okay. That's decent. Would I open my wallet for it? Maybe not necessarily. And then, and then, oh man, I'll, I have to do this without mentioning names. Then I had a, a friend who's in charge of cask picks at a shop. And this was maybe six-ish years ago, maybe seven-ish uh-huh. years ago, who was super proud of of the single barrel of McKenna for, for their shop. And 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 th- I trust this person's palate. And I said, "Okay, I'm gonna get a bottle. You had hand in picking this, no problem." <laughs> yeah. Then I got the bottle. I opened it and poured it, and I thought it was it was insipid. It was just oh, there was nothing going on. It was a one. I shouldn't say there's nothing going on. It was just a one trick pony that maybe would have been great as a component to a larger release. Do you know uh-huh, what I mean? And, and I said, yeah, why, yeah. like, if you want to bottle this because it's a one-trick pony, that's, that's cool. But usually people pick single barrels because it's doing all of the things a marriage of a multitude of casts do, right? It's so expressive and it's doing this and that and the other thing. And he was like, yeah, this is so great. And I thought, Bleh. yeah, I, I, I'd be, I'd happily never pour this again. <laughs> oh, that's that's such a shame. Yeah. yeah, I'm, I'm often attracted to. Again, I, I don't particularly like sweet whiskeys. I'm not particularly a dessert person. Mm. There's a brown sugar warmth mm-hmm. that I've found in in some of the single barrels that I've experienced uh, with the Henry McKenna yeah. that I find very attractive. Okay, and very appealing. Sometimes for me, the corn in bourbon can bring too much vanilla sweetness mm. or or buttered popcorn yeah. kind yeah. of sweetness. Yeah. Like, and that's what I meant in my introductory comments about sometimes it can be too cloying for me. This mm-hmm. this brown sugar really, for me, took Henry McKenna to to a different place. Yeah. Um, I I am coming back to what you said about the. Uh, the the 101 with the herbaceousness, right? Yeah. One of the things I've always enjoyed about selecting casts at Wild Turkey is the herbaceous nature of their bourbon. Yeah. And it's got a spice to it yep. as well. Yep, for sure. Yeah, I've I've <laughs> because I'm an old man, <laughs> I um I have I have got a bottled and bond McKenna in front of me right now that is um barreled on April twenty second of two thousand and four. <laughs> oh, there you go. Very nice. I've also I've also got one that was Halloween of I think two thousand and three. Uh, I've got that floating around. Bottled. October. Barreled. Oh, barreled. Wait, aren't these all ten years? Oh, two thousand three. Mm-hmm. So therefore, two thousand thirteen. Sorry, I forgot that we're in mm-hmm. 
the 2020s and not the 20 teens anymore. So, so there you go. I was, I was just saying that to, to my buddy Roberto at, at Jack Rose yesterday, where he was talking about putting together, again, talking about Spring Bank. He was going to put together a decades tasting of Spring Bank. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and you realize if you were to do that, we've already got three offerings from this century alone. <laughs> wow. Wow. Right? <laughs> we're in the third decade of the. Of the 21st century. God damn it. Thanks for that, Jason. Yeah, you're very welcome. <laughs> um, so so to, to reiterate, yeah, I, you will still find um, $60, $65 uh, availability. Yeah, it's not $30 anymore. $30 for a single barrel bottled in bond was, again, a ridiculously low price. 60 and 65 doesn't even seem that ridiculous to yeah. me. So... So there you go. There's number two for me. Ah, that was fun. All right, I, I'm going to be at ease now because I've, I've put out my two controversial picks. <laughs> so I don't think I have any controversial picks. However, I, I will say from here on out, the rest where, where my first two bottles were like, you know, twenty five ish dollars. From here on out, we're going to be uh, a bit higher in price. Okay. However, I would argue that the quality you get for the money still is still true. The, mm-hmm. the quality you get on the old Forester Rye for, for 25-ish bucks, maybe 29-ish, somewhere around there, um, cracking quality. Same with the 101. I'm with you. And same with the next one that I'm going to pour in, or actually I have poured it. Um, and this is one that I have two bottles of. One bottle sits at my practice space, so whenever Komodo Dragon gets together, I've got a nice pour, and then one bottle that always sits at home so that I can pour it. And this is, it's a rye whiskey, and it's rye, and this is one, this is a rye whiskey that I've been reaching for more than any other rye whiskey maybe in the past year and a half. And it's a, a somewhat new discovery for me. It is a similar mash bill to the MGP mash bill. Uh, instead of 95.5, it's 94.6. <laughs> I'm guessing I know what this one is. Um, mm-hmm. It is... It, provides all the same sort of spice and dill and sweet herbaceous qualities that come through an MGP, but there's a heavy earthiness that comes through as well. Like if, if MGP rye ever had a weakness to it, and I would argue that it has few weaknesses because it's somewhat magical, this really rounds that out. It adds a bit of heft to the overall experience. And it's it's one of those hefts that I think of when if I if if someone's interested in in discovering Speyside whiskeys and they've heard about Glenn Farkless, you could pour them the 12. You could pour them the, the 15 if you have a UK bottling. You could pour them the 17 or you could break out the 105, right? And that's like, that's the beefy version of, of Glenn Farkless. 
This is almost like the beefy version of of an MGP rye, if that makes oh, sense. Oh, interesting. Yeah, and I and I like. Yeah, that. that's an interesting way to describe yeah. it. So, um, I'll just give it to you flat out. This is Black Buttons rye whiskey. Yeah. <laughs> right. So I <laughs> digressed. Black Button out of Rochester, New York, distilling using um, local New York grains. 94.6 mash bill. I don't remember if they mentioned, you know, why they didn't go with the classic 95.5. Maybe they just wanted a bit their own. I, I don't quite remember, but... A little point of difference, yeah. But while I can't say specifically why this is different, there are, there are a few points. First off, the grain source is different from, from MGP to Black Button. Also, this is their distillation style is a combination of pot column, pot column, rather than full column still distillation. So you get a little bit of that heaviness coming through in that in that pot distillation, mm, yeah. which which you know you and I as as single malt drinkers, you know maybe our palates are discovering that maybe they're clinging on to that aspect right. of it. Um, Absolutely remarkable mouthfeel. Um, great drinker as is. Again, if you want a cocktail with it, you can, but it is a $75 bottle. So cocktail with it if you can afford to cocktail with it. If you want just a really solid drinker and you've, you're used to paying X amount of money for, say, some of the older um, Willet MGPs back when you know, you could afford Willa MGPs. This is going to fit some of those. Like I, I find a connection between that style of MGP to what Black Button are distilling themselves, right? It's just beefier somehow. Yeah, I think you raise a valuable point there about pricing. And it, it was a conversation that I had during the Premier Drams event at Jack Rose. When you compare modern American distilling and, and new distilleries at that. Mm -hmm. And and a number comes out like $75 for a bottle. Mm -hmm. And people sometimes say, that's a bit high. The thing I was saying yesterday is, as a new distiller, you're competing with economies of scale. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right, you you can't be in the case of of Black Button, a, a 10, 11 year old distillery, and produce whiskey in the same way as our friends at Wild Turkey, mm -hmm. right? Our friends at Heaven mm -hmm. Hill, the column still that we stood next to at Bernheim, <laughs> that you, if it wasn't running twenty four hours a day and and would burn the skin off your body. Um, you could not wrap your arms around that nope. column still. Wait, it, was, it was like <laughs> right. the width of a VW Bug, you know, just just right. massive. They, right? They are they are they are running volumes that are unimaginable. And if if new distillation is important to us, and new distilleries are important to us. And those distilleries supporting families in their neighborhoods is important to us. Then $75 that makes that a reality is okay. Mm -hmm. And as you said previously, if a 12 to 15 
dollar price six-year-old bottled and bond Heaven Hill is artificially low, then we we need to work out what the price of a bottle of whiskey is in this country. Yeah. And I and I do sometimes think if you're a larger producer working with economies of scale and you're now able to say those new producers are selling it for how much? Maybe there is more money in our product. Maybe we do go north mm-hmm. on this. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Maybe you do. Yep. And and again, as a as a proud Scotsman, I'm not really leading the charge on higher no. pricing. <laughs> you know, yeah. you know, what do we want? Higher prices. When do we want it? Now. <laughs> it, it's it, it's not that. It's you know, you know, we, we we quote Scott and Becky Harris on this podcast plenty. In talking to Scott and, and Becky, that they're looking to support families who live in and around their distilleries. Mm. That's important. Mm-hmm. And when we go to the store, we need to support that with our wallets. Yeah. It's not always easy. You made a, a very good point earlier about the rye being maybe around $25. I did a quick little search. I've got it in Virginia for $28. Okay. If if I go in and I look for a Catoctin Creek product, it's not going to be $28. They can't produce it for $28. They they don't have the the, the facilities. They don't have the pay structure. It's, you have to pay more for it. And it has to be important to support that. So an empire rye from Black Mm -hmm. Button that is checking a lot of boxes that comes in a little higher than other priced bottlings we have to support that if we like it listen if they're producing not good whiskey we don't support it with our wallets (laughs) right that's okay yeah it's okay for those not producing good whiskey to to maybe go out of business you know it still needs to be a meritocracy but we can't let distilleries who are producing good stuff fail because they're putting out a fair priced small scale whiskey. Yeah, and, and to your point, you're you're employing people with your with your money, right? It it's it's the people at the distillery, but it's also the people at the local farms. It's their local maltster. It's it it's so many people down the line that when you're supporting these distilleries, you're you're helping to feed families. And and that and that's part of the reason why I was okay putting two different ryes here at two different price points, because they're telling two mm. very different stories yeah. and, and each has their own value. And Yeah, I like yeah. that. I like that a lot. Yep. I think I and it's been interesting because in putting together our our Scotchies list you know, price was important, availability was important. There was still Glen Farkless on it. There was still Springbank on it. There mm-hmm. was still Compass Box, right? <clears throat> yeah. My $35 uh, Glasgow plan. Mm-hmm. There's, there's a pretty wide variety in American distilling right now. And, you know, when you and I were speaking last week, well, you know, deciding this was going to be the next episode of the, the podcast, it was... Is it going to be bourbon specific? Is it going to be rye specific? Mm-hmm. Is it going to be American single malt specific? Mm-hmm. And it was important to me that it was American. 
And I think you've absolutely hit a home run today on here's two American rise, two different price Mm -hmm. points doing two different things. Mm -hmm. I think that is, I think that really captures what I wanted to achieve with this sharing of lists. So kudos to you this day, Joshua Hatton. I feel like a champion just now. Jason, thank you. There you go. There you go. You take a second. You pat yourself on the back. There we go. I promise you. That's, that's Just don't padding. pull anything. That's exactly it. Almost there. Yep. Okay, good. Put it away now. Okay. Put, put your neck away. <laughs> um, a quick, quick glance. I, I know I just told you about the price on my old Forrester Rye in Virginia. I've got a store with eight bottles, 10 miles from me. I've got a store with nine bottles, 10 bottles, store with 15 bottles, 27 miles away from me. Like, yeah, there you this go. is it's, this is widely available yeah. old Forrester Rye. 28 dollars 28 before tax oh, okay yep. all right so, so so there you go so i mean the bot usually i buy two bottles at a time so you know i i wonder if this was maybe a year and a half ago two years ago that i bought these you know i go through whiskey kind of slowly because i i think i spent maybe 25.99 on the on my old foresters though i've seen it for less in other spots so yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. So there you go for okay. sure um, all right, I am. I'm currently looking at the bottle that I just put on my desk, mm. and I, I am three bourbons in a row. I have surprised myself this day. There you go. Uh, so, so we're on number four. The pet, your penultimate whiskey, right? Or uh, this is my this is my third. Oh, because I went first. Yes. Okay. I'm soon to be on my penultimate. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> so, so let me say widely available (laughs) let me say in the state of virginia my local store (laughs) that's just a a few miles away is has five of these Uh, another store in the same town you know has an has nine another store in the same town has eight another store in the same town has six oh wow (laughs) i'm sitting literally no more than three miles from three (laughs) four six packs um of this product so yeah gosh okay. we are talking widely available okay. Okay. um um i i could tell you the first person who turned me on to this but that would definitely give away the game um you reiterated what the first person had said oh, okay. and that led to my purchase of this hmm. i yeah, give me a second here I, I was sitting here savoring this uh henry mckenna uh <laughs> dist- <laughs> barreled in 2004 so let me just pop that over my throat glug, 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 glug. Hmm. and i'm going to so here i'm trying to be careful with the I don't, I don't see camera anything. here yeah. Uh, one one single flash of this and it will give the game away. So I'm going to huh. keep that there. Keep <laughs> Look at here. you being so careful on the camera. <laughs> All right. There you go. That's out there. All right. Oh, oh look how close it is. Oh, that's so that's close. my wrist. <laughs> All right. I have it poured. Beautiful, beautiful dark color. It's American whiskey. It's going to be a dark color. <laughs> I just threw that in for Jess. Uh, oh, for Jess, yeah. Explain the color to Jess. <laughs> it's bourbon in oh. color. Yeah, so give me some notes. Give me some notes. Oh, gosh. 
Yeah, I feel like we haven't done enough notes. All we, we we've 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 done a lot of explaining why the selections, but yeah. we haven't done enough notes. Yeah. I think so. Give me some some notes and some tasting notes. It's phenomenal. It's it's another warm one, and it's it's that getting a sense of myself and and what have I ended up being attracted to in the world of bourbon. Hmm. And it's warmth, it's brown sugar, it's maple syrup. Mm. Um, the, the legs on it are phenomenal, a, an amazing oiliness to it in the glass. Is it... Con- I, yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I'm hopefully not misleading the witness here, but it is a hint herbaceous. But I, I, I'm, I don't say that to try and mislead you. Emphasis is on hint. Are we talking a Kentucky bourbon? Yes, sir. We're talking Kentucky. Is this going to be a third oh, Heaven Hill knows. product in a row? Do you do you just have a flavor <laughs> profile that you go with? <laughs> I, Heaven Hill is now behind me. I used it for my all two right. small C controversial picks. All right. Yeah, all right. Here, here for the for the pal here. Let's get some more. All right. That's Jason taking a sip. Mm. That's him mm. appreciating his sip, mm. swishing mm. it, chewing it, contemplating it, slapping it, flipping it, rubbing it down. Oh, yes. What you got, Jason? Oh, yeah, I like this. Gosh. There's a lot going on. You're usually not at there a loss is. for words. So, <laughs> so there must be enough that going was... on. <laughs> Really excellent. There's like an oatmeal raisin cookie quality mm. going on here. Hmm. Good warmth, good alcohol on this. This is this is why we have a third bourbon in our roll because we've gone we've gone bottled in bond fifty, another bottled in bond fifty, and this is above fifty. Are we talking cask strength? Uh, or or thereabouts. So it's more of a an historical proof. Oh, Uh, did you pour Uh Wild Turkey One Hundred and One, or is this a Russell single barrel (laughs) pick? (laughs) The label says the typical barrel proof at that time prior to bottling was 115 okay so this is so this the is wild label turkey label says that it's wild turkey oh it is not oh, it is not it oh, is not okay no it is not because oh. <laughs> they they've moved up to 115 they were at 107 then they went to 110 then they went to 115 so this is a barrel entry of 115. Hmm. Well, it, it does say, the sentence does say the typical barrel proof at that time prior to bottling was 115. Oh. So they wouldn't necessarily have put it in at 115 if maturation ah. would have taken it up. Oh. Okay. It is so rich. That is, I, I, I tell you, if you poured this for me blind, I wouldn't. I wouldn't think it was a scotch, but it has the richness that I associate with scotch. And it has none of the buttered popcorn or 
not even vanilla. There's not even a lot of vanilla here. If anything, there's vanilla bean rather than oh, vanilla uh, extract. Like there's a richness, there's a heft, there's a depth. Yeah, if I could show you this bottle, you would see that I have one quarter remaining in this bottle and I purchased this maybe in the last 12 months, 18 months, which I think you know is me going through a bourbon really, really quickly. Fast. Yeah, so, okay, so let me ask you this. If, if the normal um, proof is 115, do they maybe bottle this at 114? <laughs> is it old granddad 114? No, 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 this is bottled at 115 proof. Oh, it's bottled at, what is that? God, you're making me do ABV. 57.5. 57.5 as a standard bottling ABV for a Kentucky oh. bourbon. God damn, that is so good. Oh, the, and guess what? There's cherry Coke on the finish. Oh, oh, that's a, that's an occasional little treat for me. If, if I'm driving, so yeah. I'm, I'm not a soda drinker. Yeah. I was saying this earlier. Like I, I don't really like sweet mm. um, or desserts that much. If I'm driving a distance, I will get a Coke at a gas station uh, when I stop to fill up. And sometimes I will get a cherry Coke. And it <laughs> it's a little bit perverted, but oh. I, I, I just got cherry coke on the finish there. That was oh, really wow. excellent. Um, all right, let, let me tell you, because we still got we still got four whiskeys to get through. If I tell you the first person to suggest this as a go-to whiskey, yeah. get your foie, foie, foies ready, listeners, was Will Oldham, uh, a.k.a. Bonnie Prince Billy. <laughs> and you had said to me, maybe within the week, yeah. you know, you really should get some old Forrester. There you go. Um, it really is go. as good as Will says. That's that's it, man. People this, get to this... say, well, you know, it was when I was hanging out with Will Oldham, you know, Bonnie Prince Billy, the world famous Americana musician. Wow. There, yeah, old Forrester, so nineteen twenty is... prohibition. Yeah. Yep. So incredibly available in the great state of Virginia, bottled at 57.5% alcohol, 50 is currently, it's $5 off in the state of Virginia, normally $62 a bottle, currently yeah. $57 a bottle. Yeah. You cannot argue with that. Rich, unctuous, yep. wonderful depth yep. to it, great heft. Why would you not buy this? This is yeah. an absolute home run. So cheers, Will. Cheers, Joshua. And listeners, if, if you don't know it, get to know it. You, spot so on. here's something interesting. When I was talking about the old Forester rye, I mentioned cherry. You mentioned cherry. And wouldn't you know, I have a bottle next to me of an of a old Forester single barrel bottled for Julio's. And look at the name of it. Cherry bomb. Cherry bomb. Ch -ch -ch Cherry bomb. Go. So yeah, I think <clears throat> you know, just just as many Scotch whiskey distilleries, you know, claim to have a a signature note. I wonder if cherry is Old Forester's signature note. So there you go. Beauty, man. I'm sorry. I'm still sitting sipping this and I am 
Just yep. in love. Yep. <laughs> I can see why I polished off three quarters of that bottle. Yeah. <laughs> it's a... I, I, I love it when people quote this to me when we see them at festivals or they send in a, a, you know, a message or what have you, but pop the cork on a Friday, recycle the bottle on a Monday. Yes. <laughs> like yep. that. Hashtag please drink the whole bottle responsibly. That's a corker. That's really good. All right, Joshua, your penultimate. Right. Penultimate whiskey is... To my left, soon to be in my mm-hmm. glass. Mm-hmm. And now this one, this one's got a multitude of things going on, and that's because it's not made in what is, when we think of traditional American spirits, this is anything but traditional. However, I would argue it is wholly American. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you, you have my attention. Uh, <laughs> now, can you hold it? <laughs> oh, you got to know when to hold it. Know when to fold it. <laughs> um, so, on this one, how do I, how do I, well, let me give you some notes. Let me give you some notes. There's, on the nose, there's there's a hint of smoke, but one could argue as they smell it, that could be some significant barrel char coming through because on top of it, okay. you've got it it's it's vanilla driven with that with that smoke. So it could be char. Uh-huh. You dig a little deeper and there's there's like a, there's an earth, earthy sweetness to it, like a sweet soil, like that, you know, that sweetness you get from potting soil, that sweet, oh, right? Oh, yes, very much so. That's coming through there Was I there too eager well. there? <laughs> I was like, oh, yes, ready yes, to yes, answer yes, that question. <laughs> oh, man, but it's... My wife does a lot of planting, and so there's, there's potting soil around us continually. Go easy. Not to brag, <laughs> not to brag. <laughs> Just as long as you're not incorporating potting soil into your lovemaking, you keep it clean. Keep it. It's hard, hard to keep it clean when you're dealing with potting soil, but, but anyway. I know, right? Gets <laughs> right under your fingernails. Oh, it's now. This this is a term that our 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 good friend Balancer does not really connect with. Balancer, aka <laughs> a- Anthony Rivera, or Riviera, Rivera, Riviera. You corrected me one time. Anyway, our, our uh, one of our favorite Massachusetts guys. Um, he does not like this word, and I can only describe it as incredibly rich on the nose. Which I just said I know, for the old Forester, right? Like I, I kept saying it. <laughs> I just know that he doesn't like it. He just he wants to know the context in which it's used. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's just like it's a heft. It's a weight. Um I, I would argue this is an incredibly expressive nose. Um it's slightly lower ABV than than the last whiskey that I had. Um, slightly. Mm-hmm. You're looking at 46% alcohol here. 
Let me give it. This is so funny. This is just like the Scotch episode. You and I have taken such (laughs) similar journeys because my fourth is about to lower the ABV as well. (laughs) I thought that was a strange transition, and you and I have both done it. The smoke is clear. This is smoke. It's a bit of peat going on. Mm. Hints Mm. of subtle, subtle hints of like cocoa. Uh, I would argue mm-hmm. there's some chocolate covered, chocolate covered bananas with the nuts on it. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> this is this is, sounds <laughs> dirty when you say it. <laughs> Crushed nuts. Ouch. Um, oh, the texture is is great. It's almost again. It's it's a silky texture to it. It is not a traditional. Again, I mentioned this at the at the top of this. This is not a traditional style of American whiskey. However, traditions change and new traditions begin, and maybe this tradition will be codified by the end of twenty twenty three. So a chocolatey new tradition waiting on ratification. Mm -hmm. With a bit of smoke. Have you pulled something from our friends at Westland? Ding, ding, ding. That's a bingo. Is that the way you say it? That's a bingo. You just say bingo. Bingo! How fun! (laughs) And it is? It's, It's their flagship American whiskey. It's 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 their new one. And what's what's funny is I looked at our old at our last list of top five single malts, and this was on yeah. my list of top five single malts. So it's it's not only making the list of top five single malts, it's making the list of top five American whiskeys. This shit's remarkable. Like I to not have it on the list would be a it would be a sin against the list. That's what I will say. Well you've You've just saved the listener 20 minutes because that's my fifth pick. <laughs> that's your fifth pick. Okay. okay. Yeah. Yeah. And again, the, these were in no particular order. Um, yeah. I was just closing out with an American single malt <laughs> that needs to be on every shelf as well. So, okay, there we go. So you're four, my five. Yeah, right. But again, so let me say this mm. because... I think this is an exciting development. Yeah. <laughs> and if if anyone from Westland is listening in, then we will say hello, Anna. Um, if anyone's listening in, it's not going to sound like a good development. But I've been thinking about this over the last twenty four hours, uh, and a little before that as well, since the last time I poured from my police group as well. We've reached a stage where people are comfortable saying. They don't like the Westland mash bill. Hmm. They don't Hmm. like the chocolate malt. Interesting. And I think when you reach a point where instead of people saying, oh, that's American single malt. Oh, that's interesting. All right. Okay. People now have other American single malts where they can say, I like their Uh, single malt. Right? Yeah. Look, what have we done in Scotland for... Fucking ever, yeah, right? Yeah. Not everybody likes all the distilleries in Scotland. Yep. 
Scotch is still an incredibly strong category. Mm-hmm. And some of the things that I don't like, you might like, or they don't yeah. like, they yep. like. It, that's all to the yep. good. What's also interesting, and for Westland people, I will bring this back around, <laughs> there are also those who love the mash bill yes. and support the mash yes. bill and pontificate upon the mash mm-hmm, bill. Mm-hmm. And so it's okay that the thing that some people love, some people don't. That is okay. Yeah. And when you read up on the flagship, they talk about 10 years in the making, mm. right? Their history is still incredibly fresh. Yeah. And in 10 years, they've reached a point where they are one of, maybe the, being, I don't know, being, being careful here, one of, if not the, de facto American single malts to the point where you put it on the Scotch slash single malt yeah. list. And now today you put it on the American list, mm-hmm. right? That That is an incredibly special place for Westland to sit. And in all of our dealings with Westland over the last 10 years, we've been excited by them. We have <laughs> talked them up. We've represented that distillery to the best of our mm-hmm. abilities. And it is, it's absolutely present. There's no doubt about that. And ratification yeah. will only help. And and one of the things that I that I love about Westland, it ties back to what I was saying about Black Button. You know, this is it's mm-hmm. clear this is a, a, a distillery, a group of people within a distillery that give a shit about local agriculture, about um, independent farmers, about mm-hmm. specialty grains that are outside of the commodity market that don't just bring interesting flavor to whiskey, but actually help agriculture and help soil. This is something you and I have been talking about this this season. Absolutely. And is it a $75 bottle? Yes, it is a $75 bottle. But back to our point before, this is double pot still, single malt whiskey. It's not produced in a continuous column still. That's the the width of a, a VW bug. You know, this is... <laughs> it's a small distillery that has the capacity that's slightly smaller than than Kilhoman Distillery. I think they're at what five hundred thousand liters, four fifty, some, some something like that. Yeah, is that is that right? <clears throat> you know, so seventy five dollars is not far off the mark when you compare it to other non age stated single malts on the market, be it American or Israeli or Scottish or. Welsh, and the list goes on. So I think the price is good. I think the people are good. They give a shit about what they're doing and they, and they, oh, care, about, they care about their absolutely. local community. And, and these are all things when I think about how I'm going to spend my money, like our relationship with them aside, this is a distillery I want to support, period. <laughs> but uh, so, the, so anybody who's seen The Bear... Uh, on Hulu. Oh, I'm three episodes That's into season one. I know. Yes. Phenomenal. It's intense. Phenomenal. Man. Intense. There's there's a there's a quote in one of the episodes yeah. where one of the characters says, 
I'm not like this because I'm in Van Halen. I'm in Van Halen because I'm like this, right? Ah. <laughs> and so when you just said a second ago, right, our relationship aside, we are invested in Westland, I would spin that around. Hmm. I would say we're invested in Westland because of what they produce and how they do it, yeah. right? Yeah. We have a relationship with them because of what we encountered. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, again, going back to my, my Sunday, talking to Roberto at Jack Rose, he and Harvey Fry, you know, the, the, <laughs> the, the famous, even though he absolutely never, ever, ever wanted to be mm-hmm. uh, in whiskey circles, Harvey Fry, when Roberto and Harvey, who had tasted whiskey through the 80s and the 90s and into the early 2000s, when they tasted Colhoman New Make, yeah. They said to each other, we need to be all in on this distillery today, right? This, this is the future. When you and I first tasted Westland, Mm -hmm. we said, we need to be all in on this distillery today because this is the future. And to only see where they have gone in this 10 years 10 years, 11 years, 12 years, is remarkable. I want to put this out for our listeners because I called it up on my screen because this was going to be my fifth pick. One of the things Mm. I love about this flagship, they did away with the American Oak solo release, the Sherry Oak Mm. solo release, Mm. and the Peated solo release. So they could put out a flagship that says, this is our distillery in a bottle. Yeah. And so if you go to their website, the cask types in flagship are American oak, new American oak, used American oak, first fill X bourbon, first fill X Oloroso hoggies and butts, and second fill X Oloroso hoggies and butts. Mm-hmm. That's everything they've got sitting in the distillery, right? <laughs> and then the grain bill is Washington Select Pale Malt, Munich, Extra Special, Pale Chocolate, brown malt and Baird's heavily peated malt. That's everything they've got at the <laughs> distillery, right? You are absolutely getting Westland in a bottle when you pick yeah. up the flagship. Yep. And I think that speaks volumes. Quick Virginia update for you, Joshua. Mm-hmm. Our stores do have the American single malt, $70 a bottle. They are also... And, and, I, and I'm careful to say this before this episode drops, they are also closing out American Oak, Sherry Oak, and Peated individual releases. And they are all... Oh, actually, that's not true. The Peated and the Sherry are $40 a bottle currently. Mm-hmm. And the American Oak is $35 oh a bottle. Run, don't walk. <laughs> Bring a suitcase. So, Holy cow. So as you and I are busy saying, it's okay for whiskey to go up in price. It's okay for whiskey to represent modern numbers, to see those 40s and 35s in the state of Virginia. I'm like, yep, don't mind if I do. Oh, so. Those are... Once a larger group of people discover the magic of Westland... Those that have mm-hmm. stocked up on these older bottlings, 
are, are they're going to be sitting on gold, like absolute gold. Oh my gosh, fantastic, absolutely fantastic. So there you go. Yeah. So there might be a little run happening around the uh, the great state of Virginia. Yeah. Yep. Uh, let me let me close yep. out. So so now that you and I have absolutely paired up, but we didn't do that in the Scotch episode, and yet here we we have absolutely paired up on this in the. Uh, or <laughs> Scotch slash single malt episode. Hmm. Um, here we are in the American episode, absolutely pairing up on that. So I will close you out by describing a distillery that is near and dear to our hearts, that produces a style of spirit that is near and dear to our hearts, mm-hmm. that this particular style doesn't follow my first three bourbon picks or close out like my American single malt pick mm-hmm. <laughs> I vacillated I had two options for this spot hmm. and because I went with two available options for my first two picks I went with widely available for my third and fourth picks okay I am currently within 22 miles of 46 of these bottles. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> so not not on allocation, uh, widely available. It, now, this is a drop in ABV for me. I am looking at 90 proof here. I did have... I shouldn't say too much as I move away. Uh, from my mic, I my second option for this slot yeah. was coming in at fifty two percent alcohol uh. or one hundred and four proof, and I I didn't feel like that was a significant enough difference hmm. for me to move away from the age statement on the ninety proof huh. offering. That one once again we we saw this with the. The old Forrester 1920 uh, Prohibition offering, where it was almost a dollar per ABV, mm. this forced selection for me in the state of Virginia is $45, coming in at 45% ABV. And it's age stated? And it's six years old. Okay. 45% alcohol, six years old. Can, Can you think of the style if it's not bourbon and it's not American single malt? It's got to be rye. It's my my first on the list. I. It's amazing to me in putting this list together that I don't have more rye on this list, but yeah, I felt like the bourbons were doing what I want them to do and what I want to recommend to people. Mm. Then I've got this one, and then it was closing out with the Westland flagship. So mm. I feel like this... But like I say, there were two offerings for this slot. They're both Rise, and they're both from the same distillery. There's only a 45% to 52% mm. alcohol difference, mm. and there's an age statement on the 6 and no age statement <coughs> on the, the 52. So I, I know the exact distillery, and I know the bottling. I want to yep. hear why you've selected this. Like, what, what about the flavors? Yeah, see, now, I, yep. So there you go. Should I announce it? 
Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, because I just finished the pour while we were talking. Yeah, <laughs> it's 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 wild turkey rights. The six years old, right? Forty five percent. Just absolutely yes. for me, it's a no brainer, easy drinker rye that that is. If you love wild turkey bourbon, you make the connection to the rye. They're both clearly wild turkey. Exactly. Is that why you love exactly. it? Exactly. Okay. okay. It is because to the point I was making a moment ago. Enjoying our wild turkey bourbon selections and, and drinking wild turkey bourbon is because it's got that herbaceousness mm, to it. It, mm-hmm. it frames it quite nicely with a little a little hint of the dill. To then step into the rye is to flip the script and to give the herbaceousness the front seat. And I, I like that component of yeah. it. Uh, the, the label here talks about complex allspice pepper and almond. Hmm. You know, there is this idea of stepping down in ABV. It it's it is still decently oily in the glass. Mm-hmm. The legs on this are still extended. Um, on the nose, maybe a little lighter than say the old Forester Prohibition. Mm-hmm. The palate maybe a little lighter uh, in that regard as well. But I think for a daily drinking or easily reached for rye, Mm. I don't think it's got the same level of spice as you might find in some other ryes. But I think that soft herbaceousness really carries it. And I think the connection to the wild turkey distillery is really important here as well. And it's... It's, It's so easy. Oh, there's the almond, yeah. And There's the almond that they're talking about on the label. The mash bill for wild turkey rye is kind kind of unusual. Like obviously, the the legal minimum is fifty one percent rye to be a rye whiskey, but most ryes tend to be, well, definitely in the sixties, and then you've got seventy five, eighty. The most common one with MGP being you know ninety five five rye malted yeah. barley. With wild turkey, it's it is fifty one percent rye, thirty seven percent corn, and then the the rest being barley. So, it's it's the most unrye rye while being a rye. <laughs> <laughs> which, which, which again, you know, to get, to give a couple of of honorable mentions, there's a brand called Hochstaders. And they do a 50% ABV rye hmm. that really brings the spice. Hmm. And I and I like that a lot. Mm-hmm. It's not a standalone, and so I, I, I didn't want to include it today. Yeah. Oh, I know the but but in that I know the bottling you're talking about, the yeah. twisted neck has sort of a Yeah, yeah maybe yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah, 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 I think you're yeah, right. I think yeah, you're right. Yeah. It it's in Mahusi. Um and, and so they're a go-to. Earlier when we were talking, the Rittenhouse is a go-to, yep. right? I, you know, I said, I've got the Old Forester rye in my house. Mm. You know, that that's a great one to reach for as well. I just think, again, if you, if you like the people, you know the people, you work with the people, mm-hmm. there's a way in which we think about the Wild Turkey Distillery mm. as a place we get to go to, sometimes once a year, sometimes twice a year, it's it's exciting going down there. It's exciting seeing friends down there, and to then pick up the Russell's Reserve K 
Kentucky straight rye whiskey, six-year-old, is a connection to that. Mm -hmm. But it's also good. And, and when people locally reach out and they say, hey, I've got a friend who loves whiskey. I want to get them a nice gift. What would you recommend? Mm -hmm. And I say, well, what's your budget? <clears throat> if it's sub 50, I'm recommending Wild Turkey. I'm recommending Russell's Reserve. I'm sending them down the path. Well, do you like it a little spicy, a little peppery? Well, mm -hmm. not too much, maybe a little mm -hmm. bit. Here's something interesting. Yep. If they already drink bourbon, maybe they'd like this little twist on it. The difference between the 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 straight rye six at 45 and the straight rye single barrel at 52 is $20. Takes you from 45 mm. to 65. For people who don't want to go above $50 for a gift, that single barrel's out of it, but I think you still get incredible quality with the six-year-old. And at 45, you know, you and I have, have talked about this and we encounter this a lot. There are people who like bourbon a whole lot who never go above bottled and bond, right? And so yeah. there is that, like, here's a 45, here's a 90 proof for yeah. you yeah. that isn't going to blow the doors off where some other things might. Mm. And it's $45. So I, I think that's a go-to. That's, that's, a, that's a reacher. You said that earlier as well, right? It, it's an easy reached for rye yeah. that that pleases so well. So I, I yeah. was, yeah, 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 I'm pleased with that. Honorable mention goes to the single barrel at, at 52. Yeah. If you I, want to treat yourself at 65, I, go crazy. I've, I've reached around for that plenty of times. It's, uh, it's been real nice. Um, anyway. Before we get out of here. <laughs> so we, ha we have my, my fifth one, my fifth and final whiskey. Because I did my four. Right. And then you're like, oh, your four is my five. <laughs> your peanut butter fell into my chocolate. Your chocolate fell into my peanut butter. Um, so my, my fifth one, right? Did I do that? Old Forester yes. Rye, Wild Turkey 101, Black Button Rye, Westland Flagship. And my fifth one. All right. All right. Let me give this just a little, little wee pour. Now, the first time I had this whiskey was in the form of a single cask. And mm -hmm. I fell so in love with this particular single cask that I made sure to get two other bottles for myself. And then I think I've purchased at least another six bottles of it for, for people in my local group. And after falling in love with that particular single cask, I said, well, let me, let me see what their standard offering is on this because they have a non-cask strength, non-single cask version of it. And I would argue okay. we, go from, we go from being absolutely remarkable and off the beaten path from a flavor profile perspective to remaining off the beaten path from a flavor profile perspective, but now a somewhat everyday drinker, or at the very least, it's one of those ones where you're like, oh, you, you, you've got to try this. And it's not going to, it's not going to burn your mouth out with, with, with alcohol, right? It's again, back to your mm -hmm. people who are like, yeah, you know, 90 proof is okay because not everybody <laughs> can do, you know, BIB and above, right? So 
So this is just a fantastic everyday everyday drinker. It's got notes of of, of cranberry or lingonberry. Um, there's a, a gentle sort of um, how should I say this? Poorly. Poorly. It's really malty. It's incredibly malty and <laughs> citrusy, natu- natural citrus quality to it. Okay. <laughs> and and it's got We're a, in the realm where we could be talking about anything. <laughs> it's got a um it's got a slightly unusual color to it. It's almost like a deep deep pink in color. Okay. Now I, I don't want to show you the bottle because once I show you the bottle you'll be like, "Oh, of course." Because they have a very specific bottle shape that it is unlike anybody else's bottle. Is it Angel's Envy? And it is not Angel's Envy. Though no, right? Because okay. they, they're still they're still working off MGP liquid or, or sourced liquid. This is their own yeah. distillate. And remember, it's incredibly malty. And that that was a hundred percent the part that kept me away, but Pinky and their own very unique bottle. I couldn't stay away from Angel's mm-hmm, Envy, mm-hmm. even with all the multi chat. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, very multi pink. Are we in another American single malt here? We are back into we, yes. We're remaining in very, single malt. Very yep. multi. Yes. Oh, I know exactly <laughs> who you picked. <laughs> Man, talk about a brain fart. All right, is this Westward? So yeah, so this is Westward standard Pinot Noir cask finish. Um, yeah. If if I can pause you there just for a Go second, ahead. one Mississippi. I had the I had the most. Interesting experience at the Premier Drams. Okay. So I brought in our Virginia Distillery Company, mm-hmm. STR cask, mm-hmm. our Westland, our peated Westland in Pinot de Charon, mm-hmm. our Woodenville bourbon, and our six-year-old Westward new charred oak mm-hmm. single cask, mm-hmm. and to a person... <laughs> The individuals who tasted the Westward all paused yes. and looked at their yes. glass and looked at me and looked at the bottle and said, that is so interesting. Mm-hmm. That is not like anything yep. else. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I thought of you each time. I thought of Elijah each time. Johnny. Johnny was there too, picking. Johnny, right? Like, there's something to Westward that is not like the others. I I will also use this moment to say there were a number of people who said, Westland, Westward. I thought those were the same distillery Mm. and I was misremembering the word. And I had to keep saying that Westland is in Seattle, Westward is in Port- uh, Portland, Oregon, like very different, somewhat different projects happening in each place, but both American single mall. Mm-hmm. And so there was a, a bit of explanation going on, but folk found Westward to be incredibly interesting 
So to know about your love affair with this bottling that you have selected yeah. today. Yep. But would you argue this was maybe a more esoteric Westward that you selected? Um, I I wouldn't necessarily call it esoteric. It, it it's sort of part of their their standard range now. I think where they they they've got their standard single malt. They've got their Pinot Noir. They have a stout cask, and then they have mm. a cask strength. So I jumped ahead. Then I thought you were actually naming the execs. No. Single so, cask so that, selection. So that, so that was my point. Like that, it was the execs <laughs> one, which was my whiskey of the year last year. My non-SCN whiskey of the year last year. Not mm-hmm. because it was the best whiskey in the world, but because of exactly what the people who came to your table said. That's interesting. That's unlike anything else I've tasted. And yep. isn't that why you and I got into whiskey. Isn't that why you and I started a company to show flavors people were not familiar with, to just expand people's horizons. And that's what this whiskey does. Yep. 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 Somebody asked me uh, at Premier Drams, why do you do what you do? And that was my exact answer. It's to explore the world of whiskey and put things in front of the nation that we think are worth our time yeah. and are engaging. Yeah. That's that's real. That's a yeah, that's a really exciting selection you made. So you your list of five has got two ryes telling two different stories, mm-hmm. two American single malts and one bourbon. Mm-hmm. And none of them are four rosies, which brings me back to a question that I did not ask you which was as I was going into my Henry McKenna single barrel selection, mm-hmm. I thought for sure you would make reference to Four Roses and the number of single barrels you've acquired <laughs> from Four Roses <laughs> over the year. And a Four Roses didn't even make it into your top five. No, it, it didn't. And it's, it's, yeah, I guess that's kind of interesting. I mean, if, if I'm being very honest from... How should I say this again poorly? Um, I, I, <laughs> I think what Four Roses are doing from a bourbon production standpoint is perhaps some of the most interesting production there is when it comes to bourbon because you've got the different mash bills and the different yeasts. So really, you know, 10 different styles of bourbon plus all of the rickhouses are single floor, so they're really relying on the yeast. They're really relying on the mash bills to change things up. The The variety of flavors is, is quite astonishing from a bourbon perspective. But I don't necessarily reach for small batch. As good as it is, I don't necessarily reach for it all the time. Do I reach for the single barrels? Yes, I do, but I stopped buying them once they went past 70 bucks a bottle. Um, mm. And it's not because I don't think it's worth 80 bucks. A, you know, some of these are single cast, 12 years old. Like, would we pay 100 plus dollars if it were scotch whiskey? Hell yes, we would. Is Four Roses worth it? If it's up your alley, hell yes, it is. But I've got 
more than I'd like to announce here on the on the podcast, and I don't need to buy any more. <laughs> and and some of them I've purchased at forty nine dollars, you know. And so, uh-huh, uh-huh. And so, so it, There's it, a- it, it, and it, if this were ten bottles on my list and ten bottles on your list, on your list, damn straight, there there would have been a four roses here, and I may have mentioned. Something that was my specific mash, which is o- o- OBSF, and and maybe a fifty percenter. You know, that's if I've, if I'm looking around, there are a lot of single barrels at fifty percent with the varying mash bills. Uh-huh. And, and if I see an OBSF and I know I'm low, like I'll I'll, I'll definitely grab that. <laughs> We know you're not low, Joshua. We know that. <laughs> anyway. You're stalked into the next century. Um, listen, before we get out of here, I just want to say a quick word on the casks that we most recently had bottled. Mm-hmm. And I had four of them sent through to Premier Drams so that I could pour them for, for nation members, for One Nation Under Whiskey listeners who came by. I, I will also say that having a password of Harvey Fry for an under-the-bottle pour mm. was hugely you think you mean under the successful. Table pour? Oh, yeah, you what did I say? under-the-bottle pour. <laughs> yeah, I thought I said By that. the end okay. of the night, you're I'm, I'm looking the at bottle. The, <laughs> I'm, I'm looking at these bottles on my desk thinking, okay, I need to talk about these bottles. Um, yeah, a, a Harvey Fry password for an under-the-table yeah. pour was hugely successful. And there was a lot of remembrances mm, for Harvey sure. Fry. Um, there, there's talk about a, uh, an event in the spring of next year celebrating the life of Harvey Fry. Oh, yeah. Uh, at Jack Rose, and so we'll we'll keep people abreast of that on the podcast. Um, but I have to say, Virginia Distillery Company, five-year-old in STR, people loved it as a follow-up to our Spanish really? oak, but yep, good. first release. Mm-hmm. I told people to their faces, anyone who supported the Spanish oak butt will have the first opportunity to purchase the STR. And that went over very well. I poured the peated Westland in Pinot de Charon. People loved it. Told them that will be sold via lottery. Mm-hmm. They understood. <laughs> we have done lottery selections for our Westlands previously. Yep. The Woodenville, six-year-old Washington State bourbon, mm-hmm was very well regarded. Mm-hmm. People were excited. People knew about it. I'm pouring in Washington, D.C. People knew Woodenville. It wasn't a surprise yeah. to them. It didn't come out of left yeah. field. They didn't say Washington State bourbon, question mark. It was all to the good. I told them that will be available to members of the nation who previously supported our Black Button selection. Black Button, they made it into your mm-hmm. top five today. Mm-hmm. People totally understood, so that is good. On that Westland Lottery, I did tell people previous support of the nation will be important in joining the lottery. Um, People understood, right? we got to support members of the nation. If you've previously purchased from us, that will get you into the lottery. I had more than one person Mm -hmm. at Premier Dram say, oh, i got to get some orders in then so that I'm eligible for the lottery. 
And I said, yes, you do. <laughs> and then our, our Westward, our, our Portland, Oregon single malt that is a particular favourite uh, of yours, Joshua, was deemed to be incredibly interesting by people who tasted it on the day. And um, that will become available as we move through some of the sales on some of these other, you know, follow-up bottlings. Yeah. We'll then have a grand release uh, for our Westward. I will then say my last word before we really do get out of here is we are scheduling a November 5th live podcast and Westland cask selection at the distillery. And there will be a follow-up email to people in Seattle and known supporters of Westland in Chicago and New York and <laughs> Dallas and parts of California to say, if you can get on a plane, oh, geez, I just left out Scotland. The person in Scotland oh already knows what's going down. Jason. Already Ooh. knows. Ooh. Oh, she's not learning about this from the podcast. She already knows. She's learned so, a lot about you just um, now, though. <laughs> <laughs> so November 5th is going to be, it's our, our SCN involvement yeah. at the Westland Distillery is going to coincide with the launch of Garyana 8, there which... How does time work, Joshua? We're already on to Garyana 8. Amazing. They grow up so fast. So for the event on November 5th, it's just a matter of, you know, re remember, remember the 5th of November. And uh, how can people get tickets to it? The, they will receive an email from Single Cast Nation. Beauty. Cool. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> It's gonna be a little bit of protecting those people, but I, I want I want local Seattle people to be able to come out and support their one of their local yeah. Seattle distilleries. There you, go. there you go. Yep. Two casks, not mentioned, not poured, not tasted, because outturns are low, bottle availability is very low. Uh, we have two wild turkeys. Everybody wanted to talk to me about wild turkey at Premier Drams. So. Yeah. Uh, Wild Turkey is coming. The price is going up. Lottery is only open to people who have supported Single Cast Nation and acquired bottles. Uh, we do have bottles on the website, singlecastnation.com. Uh, please do make your purchase so you're eligible for the lottery. Uh, we would love to be able to send you some winning Single Cast Nation Wild Turkey that you purchased there you go. after winning. I tell you, man, I, I also poured the Copperworks that's, that's sitting on our website. And and so many people. I, I had one one woman who'd said that is so piney, and I said absolutely. That connects hop oil for me. There's no hop oil in here. There are no hops in the mash. It's piney. It's citrusy. I don't know where it comes from, but I absolutely love it. She was on board. Other people tasted the copper works and loved how yeah. different it was, yeah. how fresh it was, how citrusy it was. So Beauty. It's it continues to be a cracking cracking release beauty I, I love hearing all that it's really it's it's always great to hear single cast nation members one nation under whiskey listeners come Absolutely. tasting our whiskeys and telling us what they think so so that's great so absolutely uh, listen we we do have to get out of here unfortunately we've we've got some amazing guests coming up in future episodes 
as well as some really interesting emails that came through, James Foster being one of the people that emailed maybe three mm-hmm. times. So he's like, guys, pay attention to me. So we, we have <laughs> got to pay attention to him. Um, but I've, yeah. I've got some cocktail chat from my time with Gabby that I wanted to want to return to as well, uh, but that'll okay. come up another okay. day also. Well, there you go. On, on all of that, I've got to get out of here. You've got to get out of here. Let's get out of here. To all of the winners on our in our top top ten <laughs> American whiskeys, congrats to you and and cheers to you, Jason. Cheers to the listener. Cheers, Joshua. Cheers, listeners, and and cheers to our ten selections. All wonderful. Let's get out of here. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Chin chin. Chin-chins.